Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. If you're in this room right now, and in your mind, you're the one who has been saying, oh, that's kind of cool, I get it, but like, uh, like, that's just not for me. Check yourself, all right? Because this is so for you, all right? Camp is not just what some of us who are like the insiders do. Camp is for every single person in this room. And so if you're not coming to camp and you're like, I just haven't really entertained the idea, please entertain it because this is life-changing, all right? This is more than just come to camp or we're gonna play a lot of games. We do play games, all right? And you will lose at all of them if you compete against me because I will dominate your face, okay? But this is so much more than games, guys. This is so much more than just swimming in the lake. This is so much more than the blob and octopi and beaches and sand and food. This is about learning about something that is so much bigger than you, all right? Going to camp is about learning and becoming convinced that God has a plan for the entire world and he graciously has allowed you to be a part of it and he's brought you into his family. And so if there's any part of you, even if you're like, dude, I'm too lazy to go play games. Thank you very much. I'd rather like watch television. Like, don't come for the games. Come for the fact that, like, this will change your life. Is that fair? And if you're like, still no, meet me outside in the parking lot afterwards, and I'll change your mind, all right? <laughs> I will arm wrestle you for camp. So seriously, if you want to come to camp, and you're like, all right, fine, you convinced me, you're going to find Michelle after the gathering right there. Woohoo! That's Michelle. Uh, you don't have to cheer. That was for Michelle. Um, but unless they're excited to see you. So find Michelle and she'll give you an application. If you're like, dude, I don't got money. Of course you don't, but your parents do. But if your parents don't have money, then we also have scholarships and uh, we'll do whatever we can to get you there. So does that sound good? All right, let's change the topic. Let's change the the topic here. Uh, Let's change the topic. And uh, we're going to talk about something a little bit uh, different. So go ahead, open up your Bibles. All right, we're going to be Matthew chapter five. We're in a series right now called The Tale of Two Kingdoms. The Tale of Two Kingdoms. And what we're doing is we're learning that there are two very different ways of doing things in the world. Over here, with this represented by these crumbled boxes, it was a tower because people thought it was solid, but actually it wasn't. It fell down and it's crumbled. And this is the kingdom of the world. This is the way that people try to do things in the world by themselves, apart from God. And what have we learned It's tired. Dude, this is a joke. This is cliche and weak and just not fulfilling. But then we learn because this guy named Jesus Christ comes and he starts telling us, hey, you don't have to live in that kingdom. And everybody's like, what? Like, what what other way is there to live? And he goes, well, let me tell you, I have good news. The kingdom of God is here. How do we get into the kingdom of God? Very simple, you follow the king. And we learn that Jesus reveals his identity. The king is none other than himself, Jesus Christ. And so we're in a section here of the Bible where God sits down, right? Actually, yeah, he sits down. And I I thought about doing this, but like back in the day when you wanted to be authoritative, you weren't like this. Like this right now is super disrespectful if I was Jewish, right? If I was Jewish, I'd be mad at all of you, right? I'm like, listen to me, please. And you're all sitting there like, entertain me, right? (laughs) Say something incredible. And I'm like, just listen to me, I'm on my feet. Dude, if you were a Jewish teacher back in the day, you walk into a room and you're like, oh, you want to learn something? And you sit down. Everybody's like, oh, he sat down. 
and then everybody would stand up, <laughs> all right? So let's try that right now, you ready? When I sit down, you stand up, and I want to see your most earnest teach me face, you ready? Everybody who's sitting, get out. Get out! I'm just kidding, right? And that's what they would do. And so stay standing, stay standing, right? And so Jesus sits down and they're like, oh, right? And there's some people that aren't standing because they're like, this Jesus guy's a joke, but everybody else is like, come forward. And he's like, let me tell you something. I'm gonna teach you right now how to live in the kingdom. I'm gonna teach you what the kingdom is like. I'm going to teach you how satisfying it is when you live life for the kingdom of God. And so stay standing, listen to what he says. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be, will, will be liable to the hell of fire. So, listen to me. Are you still listening? Are you standing? Those of you standing, listen, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge. And the judge, he will hand you over to the prison guard and the, and the judge to the guard and you'll be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you'll never get out until you have paid the last penny. All right, you can sit down. We're talking today about murder. I just found out that last week, close to where I grew up in Pennsylvania, that a guy was just caught, you guys probably saw this on the news, the guy was caught and confessed to killing four dudes in Pennsylvania. Anybody see that, right? And that kind of rocks you, right? Like, I'm from Pennsylvania, and I go, oh my gosh, these are dudes my age. These are men who were struck down and murdered by another man. It's murder. Then he goes ahead, and while he's incarcerated, he says, oh, by the way, I just want to tell you, I've actually murdered a lot more people too, and you're never going to find them. And you're just like, what are you saying? Four, four guys, four men, four brothers and sons and fathers murdered. Four. And then you realize, you look at the numbers and you realize that in 2016, there were an estimated 15,696 murders. What? How does that even happen? You start to realize, you go, wait a minute, like, Murder is kind of everywhere. We see it on our television shows, right? Some of the most popular television shows right now are what? Crime TV shows, right? Uh, forensic sciences, making of a murderer. Like who's sitting there taking notes? How do I become a murderer? Like the making of a murderer? Dude, my in-laws are super into these shows on like how, the, how do you do it, right? How do they commit the perfect crime? And I'm like, why are we educating people on how to commit the perfect crime, you know? Dude, it's like O.J. Simpson. He's like, I didn't do it, but if I did do it, here's what I would have done. And I'm like, what? What are we doing here? Murder is everywhere. Murder's in television shows. It's not even just like the dark television shows that are on after 8 o'clock. It's like in our comedies, right? I bet, I'm willing to bet money that your favorite television show has at least one murder every season. I watch Enchanted. No, it's not. Yes, it is. 
Friday Night Live. I mean, like all these shows, there's murder. There literally is murder. If you haven't seen Friday Night Lights, I'm sorry, but someone is murdered. Murder's everywhere. You turn on the, you, you open up the newspaper, right? And it's like all of the different articles about homicide, they just start to become camouflage and blend in. You turn on the news and it's like every night, the anchor's like, today's a balmy 65 degrees, partly cloudy with a chance of murder, right? And like, it's just everywhere. It's just, it's so commonplace, you would think. And so what happens is you look around and you realize murder is, wow, that's actually way more common than I realized in this kingdom. But what we learn, students, as we listen to the words of Jesus, what we learn is that even though this is super commonplace, even though this is just the way things are in the kingdom of this world, we learn that that's not the way it was designed to be. We learn that God makes it very clear that in his kingdom, the way that he designed things, things are very different. And so how do you know that, Sam? How do we know how God designed this kingdom to be? How can I possibly know what life over here is supposed to be like? And it's because Jesus comes and he can authoritatively tell us. Like, the entire Old Testament is fulfilled by Jesus, meaning he's the authoritative interpreter, meaning because they point to him, he has the ability and the authority, which we'll see in a little bit when he says, I say to you, emphasis on the I, he has the ability and the authority to tell you exactly the perfect interpretation of what God intended when he wrote the law. Jesus tells us and shows us what the Old Testament was pointing to. And so do you want to obey God? Do you want to live in the kingdom of God? Then listen to Jesus. You want to obey God? Listen to Jesus. And you don't have to stand up, but we're about to listen to Jesus. Are you ready? Do you guys want to hear what Jesus has to say? Check it out, starting in verse 21. Here we go. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Here we go. This is basics. This is very easy. God saves a people out of Egypt, right? And he doesn't just like save them out of Egypt. I'm like, all right, hope that helped. Good luck, right? No, he says, no, come here. I'm going to make you into a nation. And what we see that as he takes these people and makes them into a nation, he starts to teach them. And we learn things like the Ten Commandments, right? And so we learn in Exodus chapter 20, very simple, the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. And so we learn that as God makes this people, as he makes a new nation, the rule is not survival of the fittest, okay? God doesn't bring a people together and say, all right, so may the best man win, right? God doesn't bring a people together and say, it's a dog eat dog world out there, so uh, don't die. No, guys, when God brings these people together, he says murder has no place in the kingdom of God. Under no circumstances are you to murder another person. So when you say murder, I'm talking about the unlawful and intentional killing of another human. You're like, Sam, why do you have to insult my intelligence by defining murder? I'm not insulting your intelligence. When I was your age, I was the kind of kid that goes, do not murder. There's a lot of murder in the Bible. Do not murder. Have you read the Old Testament? It's pretty bloody. But guys, this is not talking about war. 
all right? There's war. This is not talking about the just, uh, like the death penalty, ju- the justice system. This is talking about mano di mano, you're in my way, you're getting on my nerves, I'm angry at you, I will remove the problem. And so he says, you shall not murder. Now, I'm, I'm looking at your faces here, and none of you are going, oh, wow. Maybe you are, right? But only because you're imitating me. But none of you are going, wow, because this is not mind-blowing. I hope, right? Like, dude, we're in trouble if you go home today and your mom's like, what did you learn, Johnny? And you're like, mom, you wouldn't believe it. We're not supposed to murder. And she's like, (laughs) help me, right? I'm trapped in my house seven days, right? Like, if you're, like, you're not blown right now. You're not blown away by the idea that, like, you shouldn't murder. And so because this is such a duh moment for us, because you're like, Sam, teach me something I don't know, right? Entertain me, right? Stand up. Everybody. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Bring it back together. Because this isn't, like, mind-blowing, because you're, you, you take this for granted that we shouldn't murder, I think that what happens is sometimes the reason for the commandment gets lost on us. Of course you don't murder. That's just a duh. That's just a no-brainer. Well, why? And students, we do not murder because in God's kingdom, it's not survival of the fittest, it's respect of the image, okay? Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to your right. You're all looking at the back of each other's heads, right? Because you're all looking to the right. Do you understand that, that every single human being in this room is sacred? You're like, he's not sacred, right? No, he's sacred. C.S. Lewis, dude, such a beast mode quote. He says, there is, he says, you have never had a conversation with a mere mortal. So when you go home tonight and your mom's like, hey, you didn't take out the trash, be like, you are not talking to a mere mortal, right? Like, I want you to tell your parents that because it's theologically correct. It's true, right? Say it respectfully. But the reality is, students, every single human being is sacred, You're not a clump of cells. You're not the result of a random explosion and you're not just an accident, okay? Every single person in this room has the glorious distinction of being made in the image of God. Every single person. Every single person has the the, the dignity in them to, to, to reflect and bear God's image. And so students, here's why we don't murder. Because to murder a person would be to do violence to someone who has the dignity, to someone who has the status of God's image. Don't murder. Not because it's survival of the fittest, but because you're respecting the image. If you're in here and you say, I like Jesus' teaching, I will not murder, say yes. A lot less yeses than I would have liked. But we'll go with it. In God's kingdom, it's not survival of the fittest, it's respect of the image. But now here's the problem. You have an entire group of people called the Pharisees, ancient Jews, right, who are sitting in that time and they hear what Jesus is saying and they go, well, I didn't murder, check, right? All right, let me do my agenda for today. I ate breakfast, I brushed my teeth, I went to work. Yep, I didn't murder anybody, I'm good. And so now, it doesn't matter how I treat the person made in the image of God, as long as I didn't murder them, right? At least I didn't cut her throat. I mean, what more do you want from me? And that's a problem, because what Jesus is saying, he said, well, what he's about to say is that that's not good enough. 
well, as long as I didn't murder, it doesn't matter how I treat people around me. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm going to teach you the point of the law. I'm going to teach you what the law was meant to be. I'm going to show you all the direction that God intended to point you to in his kingdom. Because to be frank, you're missing it. And so look what he says, verse 22. But I say to you, for those of you keeping track, this is why people hated Jesus. He goes, oh, Moses, right? He's your hero. People loved Moses. They go, it's the Bible. It's Moses. He goes, oh, Moses said that? Here's what I say. And he puts himself in the same authority. Why can't he do that? Because it all pointed to him anyway. He's the authoritative interpreter. Anyway, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Well, at least I didn't murder anybody. Jesus says, more than murder, malicious anger has no place in God's kingdom. Malicious anger has no place in God's kingdom. And so if you avoid murder, right? If you're here and you go, man, I've never murdered anybody, I'm good. If you avoid murder, but you still, you still curse people, right? Not just using a cuss word, but to curse somebody, to say you fool, raka in Hebrew was this, or Aramaic, was this way of like, I have such disdain and hatred toward you that it can't help but overflow into my mouth. And I go, ah, and I just curse you. If you don't murder anybody, but you're cursing one another, but you're insulting each other and you're verbally abusing each other, if you allow such anger to harbor in your heart and such strife to get between you and a person that they know and everyone knows that you hate them, even if you've never murdered someone, you're not obeying God. But I didn't cut her throat. That's not the point of the law. God is not just telling you to not murder. He's saying that malicious anger has no place in his kingdom. You may have not murdered students, but if that's you, the root of murder, anger, is alive and well in your heart because you're still not honoring the image of God. And so look what he says. Not only will murder be judged, but this kind of malicious anger is also liable to judgment. Man, I thought I was doing good. I didn't murder anybody. Jesus says more than that. Malicious anger has no place in God's kingdom. Do you see what Jesus did here? Do you see what Jesus is doing? He's taking the law. He's taking the teaching of God, and he's showing us that God, the whole time, God has not wanted surface obedience. God has not wanted a people who just check the boxes and go, well, technically, I guess I'm good at it and murder. God wants a people who are totally and completely devoted to him in heart, mind, speech, action, and even thoughts. See what God did? See what Jesus did? He's revealing the true nature of the law. God doesn't just want your surface obedience. He wants your total, even radical, wholehearted obedience. God wants all of our being to live for him. And so he's breaking down the sixth commandment more than we've ever seen. He's saying that the sixth commandment is more than just avoiding murder. The sixth commandment is teaching us about the culture in the kingdom of God. And the culture is this. God's people don't just avoid murder. They pursue peace. 
in the kingdom of God, his people do not simply avoid murder, they actively pursue peace. And so students, understand here, those of you who stood up and said, I want to hear Jesus' teaching, hear what he's saying very clearly. You have not obeyed God's law simply by refraining from homicide. Okay? The point is not simply to avoid murder. The point of the law is to respect and to be right with those who are in the image of God. And so at this point, we have to stop listening to Jesus, right? Let's put Jesus on pause. Let's sit back and think about our, in our own hearts. Are we the kind of people? Are you the kind of person who, yeah, sure, you didn't murder, but you're the kind of person that allows such anger and frustration. And when somebody wrongs you, you're not quick to scrub your heart clean of that offense. Are you the kind of person that allows those things to build up? And before you know it, you're laying in bed at night and you have this full-blown conversation in your head with another person at school the next day. And you imagine a whole fight. And then all of a sudden you go, I'm literally laying in bed fighting with a person that's in my head. I know I'm not making this up, right? Are you the kind of person that allows such anger and, and such hostility where instead of going, hey, 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 I'm sorry, there, there's something between us here. Like, can we deal with this? Because I don't want that in my heart. Do we do that? Or are we the kind of person that goes, they said, what? And they said, what? And it's like every time somebody throws an arrow at us, we take it and we just carry them. And before you know it, you're walking around and you have all of these arrows on your back and, and you're carrying them. And people go, dude, why are you so heavy? And why do you walk funny? And why do you just, why are you not an enjoyable person to be around? And you're like, because I have angry arrows. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Jesus says in his kingdom, he's not just trying to make a murder-free kingdom. He's trying to make a people who are free of all those angry arrows. Is that you? You need to listen to Jesus' teaching this morning, friends. God's people don't just avoid murder. They pursue peace. He wants you to be at peace with each other. Let's keep going. Look at verse 23. So, so here's some action, right? Here's what I want for you as a people. I want you to pursue peace, not just avoid murder. So, if you're offering your gift at the altar... And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So let's demonstrate this. You ready? Drew, come here, right? Drew, bring, bring a gift. You got something, right? So you're there and then somebody else in the aisle. Becca, you're here. And then Peyton, here we go. So these are my Jewish friends. They're so Jew. Chai, right? Um, that means and um, in Greek, not Hebrew. Uh, stand up, stand up, Peyton, let's go. Come on, you're coming up. Bring a gift. You're going to worship, right? And so they're going to the altar and they are going to follow me, right? right I'll be the altar leader here. Um, I've never been to an ancient Jewish ritual. So I'm making this up as we go along, okay? Um, none of you have. And so you're coming here. Follow me, right? We're coming to the altar and this is business as usual. This is what we, dude, there's some respect here, man. Follow me, right? And so we go, we go, and we're going to the altar. We're going to God's house because we're going to do business as usual with God. We're going to worship him. We're going to praise him. We're going to give him gifts and lay them down at the altar. Sacrifices, right? You lay them down. You're about to lay them down, right? On a knee. Get on a knee. One, take, take a knee. One knee, right? And so you put them up above your head. You're about to place them on the altar. You're about to place them down. Worship. Get ready to worship. Ready? Get down. Get down. You're about to do business as usual with God. Stop. Stop. What God says is this. He says, you, he says if you're not cool with your brother, 
If you're not cool with the person who's made in my image, what makes you think you can come here and act business with me or business as usual as me as, as if you're not cool? So look what he says. He says, I want you to stop. He says, leave your gift there. Leave it, Drew. Leave it. Stand up. I want you to leave your gift to step one before the altar. It's not on the altar. Before the altar. Leave it there because God's not wanting this yet. Thank you. Then I want you to turn around and go. Listen to Jesus. Go. Go. Right? He says, go be reconciled to your brother. And then come and offer your gift. Go. Sit down. All right? Sit. Sit. Go. Go and be reconciled to your brother. What, God, what Jesus is saying here, he says you cannot be right with God if you're not at peace with each other. You cannot carry on in your life with God as if everything is okay if you're not right with the people that are made in his image. And so having anger and animosity between you and me, like students, think about this. Like me personally here, Sam Cassis, to Gabrielle, right? To Keaton, to Eric. Like if me and you have some beef between us, that's more than just uncomfortable. Some of you here, you go, I hate having beef between people because I don't like conflict and it makes my armpits sweat and then I shake and I get hives and it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> How many people bad conflict people, right? Like you find out somebody's mad at you and you're like shaking, just think you have to go talk to them, right? Not me, I'm like, somebody's got beef, what's up? Let's talk, right? I'm a communicator. But how many people, you're like, I hate having conflict because it's uncomfortable. Hands. Wow. Raise your hand if you like conflict. Oh my gosh. Listen to Jesus, all right? That's good. Jesus likes conflict. He really does. Um, read the Bible. And so, what he's saying is, like, if you have conflict with a human being who's made in the image of God, which is all of them, it's more than just uncomfortable. It actually gets in the way of your relationship with God. Because how can you be cool with God if you're not cool with his children? <clears throat> Think of it like this, right? I'll leave your gift there. Think of it, this is my son, Micah. <clears throat> this is Stephen's boy, right, Brooks. And they're having a little play date and um, they're cracking up. This is not like, this is not made up. This is not like some gas pains. Like they are literally gut-wrenching laughing. Maybe one day I'll show the video here. But it's like literally two minutes of them just laughing like this. And um, I think the prompt is chicken butt. I think that's what it is. I think like, they, like my mom, or my mom, my wife, Micah's mom, um, she's my baby's mama. Uh, she like, I think she was saying chicken butt and they were just cracking up. It was the best, it was the best. But this is my boy. This is Steven's son. If you have beef with these guys, if you kicked my son, if you lost your patience with Stephen's son, if you lashed out at them or you did something to harm them, how many people know you're not gonna come up to me and Stephen and be like, yo, what's up, Sam? How you doing? Yeah, are we cool, right? No, we not cool. How do you think that you're in the wrong with my child and you're gonna come talk to me like business as usual, like we're cool? We're not cool. You wanna be cool with me? Be cool with my child and then we can talk. In the same way, God says, you think we're cool? Like you're gonna come and worship me and try to act spiritual? You're not even respecting the people who are made in my image, my reflections on this earth, my creation, my children. Leave your gift there. Go, be reconciled. Because students, if you're not reconciled with each other, you can't be right with God. 
He says, I want you to be at peace with each other because God's people don't just avoid murder, they pursue peace. They pursue peace. You can't just not murder God's children and be at peace with them, right? You come to the altar, God's like, go, but at least I didn't cut their throats, right? Like imagine somebody tried to hang out with me. I'm like, dude, you like kicked my kid. At least I didn't kill him. God's people don't just avoid murder, they pursue peace. And then look how Jesus ends the teaching here. Look how he drives home his point. He, ma- he, he makes up this little metaphorical story. Look what he says. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, meaning like for real. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Those who don't pursue peace will be judged. And so Jesus, he drives home the point with this little story. He goes, imagine, imagine you wrong somebody, right? Come here, Ethan. Come here. Come here. You're Ethan? Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. Talking to that Ethan. Yeah. Did I wrong you? I apologize. And I scrubbed my heart clean of that. Please don't be angry at me. So that was in real time. I did it. What the Bible said, right? So come here, right? And so, and so Ethan, right? He comes to me and he's like, Sam, like, um, say Sam. Sam. You, you hurt me. And, and you're angry. I'm angry. You're like, you're loud, dude, loud, come on. I'm angry. And, and, and you want me to apologize to you. Better apologize. Dude, there's some beef between us, isn't there, Ethan? Yeah. And you obviously have a problem with me. You're accusing me of wrongdoing? Yes. Uh, and you want me to apologize? You better. Uh, I don't think so. I'm not going to apologize. Yes, you are. No, no, I'm literally not, Okay. And, um, and so Ethan invites me to go, dude, like, apologize. Apologize. No. Apologize. No. Apologize. Okay. No. <laughs> and so Ethan says, well, I'm going to take you to court then. All right, I'm going to court. What? I need a lawyer then. No, you don't need a lawyer. You're just going to go to the judge. All right, let's go to the judge. You want me to go to the judge? Yeah. All right, so we're going to the judge. And I wronged you. Like, I, fr- I legit wronged you, right? This is not just imaginative? All right. I wronged you. So I should probably apologize, right? Yes. No. Apologize. All right. I'm just going to go to the court. I'm going to go. We're going to the judge, right? Yes. The judge will see our case. Let's go. Let's go to the judge. This is going to be awesome, right? We're going to go right to the judge. Those doors don't lock, right? So here's what we do. That's the best way to exit an illustration. Exit, stage left. And so here's what Jesus is saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, imagine this dude is on his way to court. If he refused, it literally doesn't unlock, but it was just easier than going across the room. I'm sorry, dude. It was just easier. Just come around. Or Anna, let him in, I guess, right? <laughs> I told you I wasn't apologizing, right? And so I legit wronged him. They're applauding you. <laughs> it's the easiest applause he'll ever get, right? And so, and so Jesus is saying, imagine this dude like me. Imagine I wronged a dude. If I refuse to reconcile with him, if I insist, dude, I'm not apologizing. Yeah, let's go to the judge. Because I'm legitimately in the wrong, the ju- do I really want to go see the judge? Right? Like, isn't it kind of foolish of me since I wronged him to insist? Dude, let's go see the judge. Yeah, you want to see the judge? I'll go see the judge. Let's go see the judge. Isn't that kind of silly? It would be better for me if I just apologized, if I just reconciled with him. Because if I wait to go see the judge, the judge is going to make me pay because the judge is just. And so, in the, so Jesus is saying, if you've wronged that person, 
don't go see the judge, just reconcile. It'd be so much better. In the same way, Jesus is saying, if you've wronged your brother, if you've wronged them by harboring this malicious anger and you're not right with them and therefore you're disrespecting their dignity as the image bearers of God, if you're not right with them, reconcile with them before you see God. Because do you really wanna go see God, the judge of the whole earth, if you're not at peace with your brothers or sisters? Be reconciled with them before it's too late. Just like that story, just like the dude who refused to apologize, refused to make peace with his brother, Jesus is saying, make peace and scrub your hearts clean of anger. Students, scrub your hearts clean of the hostility and the grudges before you see God. Because you don't want to stand there and you don't want to hear God say to you this, did you not listen to my law explained through Jesus? Why, why are you not at peace with your brother or sister? Why are you not reconciled? The last thing you want to say to God in that moment when you see him as judge is, well, I didn't cut their throats. No. The person who does not pursue peace will experience punishment from the judge because he's just. Because God's people don't just avoid murder. They pursue peace. This is the way things are in the kingdom of God. This is the culture. This is the rule of the land. This is the DNA of God's kingdom. And I want to ask you my favorite question in the entire world. Why? Why is this the way it is in the kingdom of God? Why is it that when Jesus is talking about the culture, why is it that he insists that God's people don't just avoid murder, but they actually pursue peace? Do you know why this is the way things are in the kingdom? because this is the way things are with the king. Romans chapter five, verse one. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Students, the foundation of our faith, we believe this, we, we've, we've experienced this. God of the entire universe, he does not look at the people who have wronged him and remain angry with them. There's a lot of pictures of God out there, right? God is the God in the sky who throws down the lightning bolts if you go into church. What? No, no, the God of the Bible, he is a God who is slow to anger. And even though he has every reason in the world and in the universe to be angry with us and to give us his wrath, we learn that God doesn't do that. Instead, he sends Jesus Christ so that we can be at peace. He doesn't hold a grudge with you. He doesn't remain hostile to you. He says, let's be at peace. Well, how can you be at peace? God, I, I wronged you. I'll tell you what, I'll take your, your place. I'll take your punishment. And instead of giving you what you deserve, I'll take it on myself. And Jesus Christ, the king, he was sitting at the beginning, but we'll learn by the end of the story that he's on his feet and that he's hanging on a cross. And that symbol of the cross, the picture of Jesus Christ hanging from a tree is more than just a Christian fairy tale. It is the symbol of our God who has made peace with us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so students, if that's the king that we serve, if God has gone through such, such a, a, a extent to, to make peace with us, how can we be a people who don't forgive one another? How can we be a people who don't pursue peace with one another? 
I forgive you. I scrub my heart clean of any anger. I will work quick to reconcile with Ethan when I wrong him. I will work quick to reconcile with my sisters when they wrong me, when I wrong them. I'm going to not just avoid murder, I'm going to pursue peace because it's my way of saying, God has made peace with me through Jesus. That's what we believe, students. That's the gospel. We don't just avoid murder, we pursue peace. And so as the band comes up, here's how we're gonna respond. We're headed to camp, okay? We know that, we've beaten that horse. We're headed to camp, and I want us to be at peace with one another. Well, Sam, I mean, you know, I just, I haven't murdered anybody, just, I don't need to be best friends with everybody. No, you don't need to be best friends, but if you're gonna follow the king, you do need to pursue peace. You need to pursue peace with one another.